historic moment. Raptors win. Good afternoon and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 32 of the DNVR Raptors podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm excited about the show I have for you guys today. Um, I'll keep the intro pretty short just because we've got kind of a long show, as you can tell, I'm sure, by the runtime. Um, we had Brendan Vote of DNVR Nuggets on. Um, Brendan, since, since DNVR Raptors has kind of started, Brendan's been um, at a lot of the events. He's been at a lot of the watch parties that Raptors had came out and caught a few games at Infinity Park um, and he's been fun to follow online as we've done the DNVR watches just kind of see him uh, pick up the game learn ask questions so I thought it'd be perfect to have on talked a little bit about just getting into rugby he asked me some questions um, we talked a little bit about what NBA players and basketball players he thinks would be good at rugby and um, this fun conversation went for about 45 minutes so like I said, I won't uh, keep yapping too long. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with DNVR Nuggets writer, Brendan Vogt. All right, now we welcome on to the show DNVR Nuggets reporter, Brendan Vogt. Brendan, how are you doing? Colton, what's up, man? I'm staying sane so far. Yeah, that's... I haven't completely, that was completely when, lost it yet. Yeah, what I was going to ask, how you've been holding up during quarantine. You know, we're pretty busy at DNVR, dude, and I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for it. Obviously not just to be working, which is a luxury, but just to be kept busy, man, because I, I always thought I would do really interesting stuff if I had all this time, like learn the guitar, learn Portuguese. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, I just play Call of Duty. Yeah, so, that's, that's, that's kind yeah, of what so I've I'm done as well. Something. I played a exactly. disgusting amount of Call of Duty. Up, yeah, for real. Yeah, we'll squat up after yes, this is over. But, yeah, I mean, that's, it's been video games and work, man, but I'm, I'm grateful for it. DMVR is in a weird way, because it's a community-based thing that we do, um, not a weird way, actually, just straight up, I felt less isolated, um, even if it's just through digital avenues. So that's been cool. Yeah. Is there is there one thing that you're looking forward to as soon as quarantine's over? Is it going back to the yeah, MVR bar? What is it? The bar. The bar. I, you know, I've only been there twice. And yeah. you know, once was a meeting. Once was a Friday night well before our branding was put in there. So this is still really academic to me, to a lot of us, you know, that the bar is, is, is theory. It's pictures I've had in my head. I missed the soft opening weekend. I was at a bachelor party. So I just mm -hmm. want to go, man. I want to hang out in that space and, and consider it our own, you know? Right. Yeah. I actually did get a chance to shoot over there for about an hour on the soft opening weekend. It was, it was pretty cool, man. It, I'm glad I went too because it's just a little bit of a taste of, of what it could be once the world goes back to whatever normal is after this. So I'm, I'm looking forward sure. to that for sure. You know, there's a, maybe a small silver lining of a kind of pinch the court effect with all this anticipation. If, you know, hopefully we don't staff the bar, of course, and I can't speak to the business side of things. I'm, I'm hoping no one's losing any jobs or too much money right now. If things come back, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's going to be incredible, dude. I, I, I can't wait. And um, I, I, it's, a physical manifestation of DNVR in the real world is is the next step for us because I feel like we've created all this parallels in the digital world. You know, uh -huh. rooms people can inhabit together, spaces they can, communities they could just kind of share experiences together online. 
but the next step is to make this thing real. And what I keep reminding myself is that it, it will be there. It mm-hmm. will be there when we come back. This isn't like a maybe, this is a when. Right. And so I just can't wait for that day. And and every day is a little is one day closer, right? So we just gotta hang exactly. tough a little longer and um hopefully we get back to, to this normal stuff soon. So so perfect. Brought you on. Obviously talk a little bit about rugby. I know uh since I've kind of been aboard you, you are one of the, the people that's been around I feel like the most. I've seen you I've seen you at Infinity Park a couple of times, came out to some of the watch parties that the Raptors uh put on. And you, of course, you've been participating just like the rest of our community and in, in the DMVR watches these classic Raptors matches. So just wanted to, to kind of ask you a couple of questions as as maybe a, a new fan and, and just kind of give so these people that maybe haven't given it a shot um, kind of like a starting point and what to expect. So I guess with that, I'm ready to jump into it if you are. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely the right guy for like the beginner's rugby yeah. pod. I've got a lot of basic questions, so yeah, hopefully so, your listeners uh, stick with me. <laughs> oh, yes, they will. So uh, I guess the first one, had you seen much before I kind of came aboard and, and started banging this rugby drum? So my best friend in college, shout out Matthew Kempner, um, he played a little bit of D3 rugby at Ithaca. So okay. I had seen some of the game. I was aware of some of the mechanics. But obviously not at this level. I mean, D3 club rugby, not quite the same thing as um, as what we're looking at with right. the Colorado Raptors. So I hadn't really seen, I guess I would say, premier athletes play this game. Right. And it's different. You know, it's yes. just, like any game, obviously, I think with the college game, I saw the rough outlines of what could be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was mostly just a lot of like grit and grind and try hard, not as much skill and athleticism. So to see this game, I guess, kind of at it clo- much closer to its peak, um, there's so much more to it. Just really, really thrilling, man. Yeah. So I guess what kind of what has kind of been your initial impressions? Then, like, I know you talk about um, the skill and the athleticism in, involved, but is there is there a couple things in particular that, that have kind of stuck out to you through the the very abbreviated 2020 season that we had? Yeah. So there's certainly a lot more. Skill skill than I guess I would have guessed, right? I mean, you got your beefcakes and your your guys that'll run right through yeah. you and do some of that dirty work. But there are guys who who their value really manifests when they're throwing passes at funky angles, right? Those dummy fakes, those insane one handed catches. Yeah. Like there's a, a an almost I don't want to say finesse. It would be the wrong word. I guess you could correct me in, in rugby, I think. But there is like a, a skill element to it, and some guys seem to make their living that way. Yeah. Uh, and I was just really kind of fascinated by that because perhaps this is naive, but I, I thought of it as almost entirely a physical physical experience, you know? Right. I think finesse is probably an accurate word to describe. I, I'm trying to think what else I would say, but yeah, no, I think I think finesse would be an accurate way to describe some of these, like these steps, these big jukes or um right kicking into space and, and squeezing around guys without getting touched and stuff like that like i think you could call that finesse for sure i uh is there like a big disparity in in kicking ability like does each team like how many guys roughly would each team have that is capable of like really squeezing an important kick and, and changing the field position like they would really trust him with that decision probably like i would say three to four and it's funny that okay, you bring yeah. that up. Like, so Mika Kruse is the the twenty one year old back. He's kind of got the Troy Polamalu hair. I know that's how 
Um, right. Brandon Spano has revert, referred to him in in some of the Twitter stuff I've seen. But but like he he's one he's arguably one of the better skilled players in the back line for the Raptors, right? And I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, kind of before quarantine uh, got really really serious, and he was even saying that like he's not even allowed to kick. Like when when the ball comes out to him and they need a kick, he needs to get it to somebody else so that so that they can kick it out. So even like a guy like him, that just kind of shows that there are there are defined roles, very loosely defined roles, I guess, because like in football or something, you know, it's I guess it's like in basketball in that sense, right? Like anybody can can do the jump ball, like they can take the tip, but it would make more sense to have your center take the tip rather than your point guard, right? Right. right. Yeah. So you got it. There are loosely defined roles then, because I guess the that was clear, but the lack of positions kind of. I mean, I know there are positions, but just right. to the sort of naked eye, like yeah. the way anyone in theory could be on the hook to do anything. Uh-huh. Uh, so I just sort of like kind of had questions about like how, you know, if you're on that team, like how clear is it? Like who does what, you know, and, and how concerted yeah. of an effort you make to get the ball in, in the right player's hands, so to speak. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a great question. I think it is something that when you kind of get into a week of prep, like it is pretty clear Like this week we're only having the fly half, the full back and the scrum half kick the ball. Like that's, if, if there's a situation where you need to kick, those guys are the only ones that are going to do it. And then obviously um, the rest of it, you know, the big guys, the big forwards up front, like we want them to have the ball only. The only thing we want them to do is we want them to take it into contact, right? Like we don't want them to pass right. it because that's when some mistakes and turnovers will be made. So there are roles. It's just kind of, I guess, for for sports really common in America, the, the, like you're saying, the roles aren't very clearly defined. Like, if you're a first baseman, you play first base. Your job is right. to stay on first base, and you know. So, um, yeah, those, basketball's kind of getting there. Ba- yeah, you know, there for is sure. a little like there's a preferred way of doing things, but based on your matchup or based off your roster construction, like the positions, you know, like Danny Ainge in Boston really believes in positionless basketball. Yeah, I think his fantasy would be like five, six, eight guys that could do a little <laughs> bit of everything. So, yeah, it is funny. I think it is. It's been a weird because American sports fans, I think, do have that traditional understanding of roles and positions. Mm-hmm. And that was in basketball. And it's really kind of fading away and washing away now. And it's some people, I think, have had a hard time grasping it. It's definitely changed the way rosters are being constructed. Right, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good way to put at it. And maybe that's a, that'll help people understand um, a little bit more. So um, I guess moving Moving forward a little bit here, is there one aspect of the game that you've enjoyed the most? Like, has it been, I know we kind of keep coming back to like skill and, and all that, but has it been skill? Has it been the physicality? Um, I know you know, like man, a, I've got a kind of a, a out of left field answer for this. Okay. I'm looking uh, forward to I've enjoyed to the refereeing. Yeah. I've enjoyed the refereeing a lot. It's a different approach. Um, oh. I've only seen so many matches. So I wanted to ask you like how prevalent this is and how generally successful this is. Yeah. But I see I've seen a lot of explaining, like yeah. less punishing and more explaining, even warning at times. Yeah. Um, like in live play, like, hey, I, you know, I didn't call it there. But if you keep doing that, eventually I'm going to have to blow the whistle. I just thought it all made for like a different relationship between the ref and the players and a sport that I would assume can get chippy. Seemed, yeah. Like it seemed like the refs had full control over it in the matches I was watching. Yeah, no, I think that I'm glad you brought that up because I know. That's kind of one of the big uh, things in rugby culture, and ever since I've been a part of the the community, and it's been you have respect for 
the referee and you have respect for your opponent. So obviously that goes mm. that goes both ways. So, but even when I was playing um, in high school and stuff, it was it was so weird for the ref to be like, "Hey, next time you do this, like you're going to get in trouble." Like I didn't call it there, um, but next time you right. do, because it's just like you, I'd always just kind of looked up to the ref as like just kind of you don't you don't want this guy to be talking to you, right? This is usually bad news, but. Um, as we've kind of watched the, the done the DNVR watches on Twitter and people have chimed in, that's been one of the things that I've noticed that everybody seems to, to be drawn to how the refereeing is done. And, um, and then the more I watch, even now, it almost feels like they're, they're a coach in the way, like they're coaching you right. on the laws of the game. Which I, I really appreciated. Like there's almost a spirit of refereeing that's preserved there that, I don't really see in basketball or, or maybe most traditional American sports. Like the idea is for the game to keep going. If we can facilitate that. Right. And we will blow a whistle if we have to, if, if rules are repeatedly being broken and a competitive advantage has been established one way or another by your behavior. But ideally, man, like we want to see this game just keep going like the fans. And so there's, there was a fluidity to it that, um, I just thought it was really unique and really interesting. And yeah. I, I truly was drawn to it. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up too, just because I, I love that the refs are mic'd and that's how rugby is really across yeah. the board is you can, you hear all the dialogue, whether between the ref and the player, or the ref and the assistant referee or anything. But um, to kind of go back to the respect part of it there, the match two weeks before the last one of the season. So when their the Raptors first home match, when Nola gold was here, um, and the ref made a few, you could call them questionable calls. The, the Raptors ended up not dr- tying the game there at the end because he called a forward pass. And depending on where you stood, it, it, you could you could debate whether or not it was forward. People weren't happy with the ref at all. And then Luke White, who's the Raptors captain, after the match, he went up and you see him, looks like he's saying something so mean to the ref, shakes his hand and walks off. And then I went back and watched the broadcast copy of it and you hear it on the mic luke walks up straight up to the ref and goes you're the best referee we've had all season but you made some shocking calls today and that was it shook his hand and walked off and i was like that's about the it's a, it's a different way of doing it yeah right? that's the nicest mean way you can say to the ref that you didn't appreciate right. how he did today so that's oh, <laughs> tell you what luke white's on like my my short list of guys i do not want to be angry with me or stomping yeah in my direction. me too but like i was telling justin uh, michael on twitter the other day Looks like the scariest guy of all time. Might be one of the nicest uh, people I've ever Sweetheart. talked to off the field. Yes. What a guy. Funny how that works, huh? Yes. It, you mentioned something earlier. I was going to ask you this. Like, guys in, in combat sports will describe this mutual respect that kind of, I think, tends to supersede all beef once once in the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, even guys that don't like each other out of it, There's you see at the end of the fight, there's always the embrace, right, and the, the mutual respect. I this is a game where like you know when you stub your toe on the dresser right or you hit yeah. your head on the wall and it just hurts so much like there's so much of that going on like you're probably constantly getting knocked catching accidental like cheap shots and yet for the most part man like I haven't seen a lot of tussling or fighting or bickering like outside of to the extent that it would disrupt the flow of the game so, right my my question is it fair to say that there is that air of mutual respect in rugby as well I think for sure you can say that, and and while there is, I've seen plenty of of tussles and and tie ups and all this stuff, and and fights certainly do happen. But like with anything, if a bunch of big 
aggressive dudes and it's hot out and everyone's kind of in a bad mood, like fights are bound to happen. But I think one thing about rugby is because it is like, it's not as popular as these other sports, right? And then the community is very tight knit. So, I mean, in the back of your mind, you, you do kind of know, like if, if, if we don't have these guys playing against us and we don't have these refs refing these games and, and organizing this stuff. So where that we can actually play like this just doesn't exist. Right. Like it's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you have to, you respect them in that sense. It's like the, this guy makes this game that I love to play possible. So while you want to crush him and, and beat him, you don't want to kill him. Right. And then you want to have a beer with right. him after because who knows right. in two years you might move and he knows a guy at this club and that's how you keep playing, you know, or they need a guy to fill in on this tournament that they're going to play and they give you a call and you get to play rugby that weekend or something like that. So it is like unique in that aspect, I think. I played a lot of ultimate frisbee growing up. Uh Um, You know, I think people have different opinions on whether that's a sport or a game. I don't know how (laughs) keen on comparisons to frisbee, the rug community, the rugby community will be, but it's like that insofar as there's an understanding of, Hey, without all of our collective passion for this, like, we all probably don't get to do this right or yeah, to this exactly. extent or travel and, and have these tournaments together and so there is that sort of respect for someone who has has poured as much into this as you have and thus you can both take something out of it with you so i exactly. definitely understand that is when you're fighting for every like you know not just like respect from other sports but really just your ability to play the game at all for sure um you're right i, I think that supersedes any any petty stuff yeah for sure and um, I think as rugby continues to grow and, um, you know, all this stuff happens, I, I'll be interested to see what happens, but that's kind of the, always the feeling that I've got. And that, that especially exists because rugby like basketball or anything is something that you can like, realistically you can play. There's guys that are 50, 60 that still play rugby. Like you can play as long as you want, as long as your body can handle it. And if, and obviously the older you get, the the smaller the player pool gets. So, that respect has to has to exist, especially right. like in in some of these lower clubs, like these guys that just want to play rugby on Saturdays, um, whether it be to drink beer or whatever. Like that has to exist, and and for that to work, and um, that's obviously rugby in America. That's a big part of rugby in America. I was gonna ask you about the scalability of it. Like going back to frisbee, it's another thing where you want to take it to the pro leagues. Well, that's here now in the United States. It's not the same thing, right? It's playing a core sport, but there's an option for you to compete in that way. Uh-huh. But if you want to strip it all the way down to like co-ed, any age, bare feet, no cleats, like that's out there for you as well. For sure. Um, it, is rugby like that? Like, can you just kind of tap into the experience as an American, even if you're not trying to compete, you were just getting at that a bit. Yeah, for sure. I think um, with rugby, it's, I've said this multiple times, I think even like on the show or just really anybody that's asked me is like, if you want to play rugby, regardless of how old you are, regardless of how good you are, if you've never ever played, like just show up to a training somewhere, bring a pair of cleats and they'll throw you right in. And that, I mean, that's kind of the best way to do it. So yeah, I think rugby it can be as serious as you want it to be. And I feel like we're in other sports, that's not necessarily the case, right? Like I guess in football, like you can go play pickup football, you can, but I feel like most organized football is like dead serious. Like we're in this to win this game. Like, but rugby's not necessarily like that. Like you can play like summer sevens beer league on Wednesday. Like you can go no practice. You can just go play a short sevens game, 15 minutes, 
drink beer with your friends. Like the, you can do that. Um, and that's allowed. So, um, yeah, I think any, it's, it's, it's as serious as you want it to be. It's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, cool. So I know we, we talked about it a little bit, but, um, is there any similarities that, that you see in basketball, um, that you've picked out in rugby as well? I know we kind of talked about the, the loose definition of, of roles and stuff like that, but is there anything else right. that has kind of come to the top of your mind? You know, not a ton, but one sort of underrated thing about basketball, you know, we're watching the Michael Jordan doc and they talked about the triangle offense. Like there is a lot of sort of swinging the ball horizontally mm -hmm. in an attempt to create a vertical lane to penetrate. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously there are some parallels there with rugby as well. Um, soccer can be like that. But I am always kind of fascinated by that game of angles, which is like, what can we do? Like, are we willing to lose yards and lose field position yes. in an effort to, like, find the right time to strike and attack and all that? Yeah. And to kind of pick up on that, I know, I think it was in the first show that I did when the DMVR crew sent in some questions, and I want to get to one that Harrison asked later. But um, I remember talking about how spacing is, like, very important in rugby, right? Because if you're you're super bunched. If you're not deep enough, like you're not going to make any progress because you're catching every pass flat-footed, right? Then the defense comes straight up, like hit you, you you lose territory. And like I guess kind of parlaying off of that into another thing I've seen people talk about is is what's been hard to understand is is the kicking game, is why people kick. And, it's, and I think it, it comes from football, right? Because losing yards – and losing the football is the worst thing that can happen in football, right? You don't ever want to go backwards in football. In rugby, it's like you kind of have to think outside the box because going backwards is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's like you said. You go backwards, you create different holes in the defense. You can work the ball out wider, inside tighter. To, to possession. Seriously, yeah, yeah, to exploit those. And um, with kicking, too, it's like it just seems like they're kicking the ball on first down is something I've seen on Twitter, too, and it's – you just got to think that, you you know, it's it's not so clear cut like that. It's you have to, sometimes you just got to kick it away and, and hope that they mess up. Or sometimes you're too deep in your own territory and you might have just right. worked really, really hard to get the ball back and made 20, 30 tackles and then you finally get it and kick it away. But you have to do that, right, to put them in a worse position. It's, it's all about, you know, thinking outside the box, using this space um, to just make things a little bit easier for yourself. Is it all like punting the kicking? I mean, I think I saw somewhere the offensive team is like angling for out of ball, out of bounds, and then they yeah. keep possession. I'm, yep. I'm fuzzy on the rules. Honestly. Yeah. So, so I guess to, so like in loose play, when the play is just happening and the ball kind of splurts out to somebody, it, it depends on where you are on the field. But usually, like, you don't want to play, your team does not want to play with the ball inside the own, their own 22, right? Because okay. anything can happen. You can, you can throw a pass and it they knock it on. It hits them and it bounces forward. That's an automatic turnover. The other team can can like you were saying they can kick they can grab it. They can kick it out of bounds, set up a line out, and then maul the ball in or something like that. Or they could just set it on the ground and kick for post right. So it I it would take I could do a whole episode on kicking and and it still wouldn't make sense. And I think this is just something yeah. that comes with watching. But it all depends on the scenario, really where you are on the field, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and then, and then unfortunately that's just kind of stuff that, that comes with watching the game. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Get to the question that, that Harrison, our guy Harrison Wynn sent in 
for the uh, the first show that I did of this podcast. And he asked, who are some NBA players that you think would be good rugby players? So I made a, li- a short okay. little list. I can let you go first, or if you want me to go first, I have no problem doing that as well. All right, I'll go first with a um, – I th- if I believe I have all distinctions distinctions in my head correctly. Okay. I'm going to go with a – I'm going to nominate a player for sevens. Okay. Um, and it's Russell Westbrook. Okay. He's on my list. I'll say that. All right. <laughs> Just, uh, why do you think? I want to hear what you think, and then I'll read okay, you the list so that I put together. Breakaway speed is obviously important. It seems to me like it's more important than sevens, question mark? Yes. Is it's just sevens are so fast, fast, yeah. And there's right, so much space. Right. But you obviously are still playing rugby. you yeah. got to be able to take and deliver a punch. Yeah. I don't know if there's any more concentrated ball of power and athleticism in the NBA than Russ. Yeah. So, and you know what? He looks kind of short on a basketball court, but not a short dude. No, so he's I not. So I think he <laughs> Yeah, I like that answer. So here, here's kind of – I did this in a, in a hurry, so feel free to critique me. Um, here's the – I've got a list of eight guys. So I got four guards, really. I think they would play in the okay. back line. And then I got um, four more front court players that will play in um, the forwards. So first guy I had, John Morant. I feel like he's very explosive, kind of oh, like wow. kind of like very slippery. You know, I feel like you can't really like get yeah. a hold of him. I know he's kind of thin, but if we're playing sevens, like you don't have to be big to play sevens. So I think Jaw. You don't? No, not at all. I'm I'm a little nervous that Jaw. Like I get nervous when he dunks that he's gonna break something. Hurt himself? Yeah. Down. That's yeah, fair. Dude, he's so wiry. His I, landing mechanics are scary. I see. Yeah, I see what you mean, but I just think he's got. He can jump out of the gym. I just think he's a very. I think if you got him the ball, he could squirt through a, a hole, and he, he might be off to the races. Russell Westbrook, gotcha. like you said, um, just kind of, kind of like a like a firecracker. I feel he's kind of crazy um, for all the reasons you talked about, too. He's a pretty big guy. He's a chiseled dude. Um, I, I have a young Derrick Rose, pre-knee injuries Derrick Rose. Oh, that's awesome. Again, for, for um, kind of the reasons like quick, explosive. Um, I feel like he's a guy that, that kind of looks for – he used to look for work all the time. Uh, yeah, works really hard. That's kind of my young Derrick Rose. He might never get tackled. Um, <laughs> I know. Injuries aside, just just how he used to be before before we knew that he he hurt himself all the time. I think oh, that, I've got kind of an obvious one. I don't know if you have this one down. Uh-huh. Uh, Stephen Adams. Yep, he's I'm in my sure forward he's list. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. probably really good. <laughs> oh yeah, looks like a statue. Um, he's so strong, man. He might be the one of the strongest guys in the NBA. Oh just yeah. From the court. Um, yeah, and he's a New Zealand guy, so he might he might just get it a little better. And then the last he also had eleven older brothers, dude. Yes. So I think or he's one of eleven, so yes. he's had his ass kicked. Yeah, you have to be tough. And then the last guard that I had on my list was Patrick Beverly, and it's just like because he's a pest, and I think he would be yeah, a great scrum half. Well. Great scrum yep. half. He would love it. Yeah, he would love that game. He would talk a lot of trash. Yeah, too. and that's just he like he's the perfect scrum. That's what scrum halves do, anyways, right? They're always. They're always mixing it up. Like if you watch, right. as we move forward with these DMVR watches, I encourage you to watch some of these nines, especially Sean Davies, who was the captain of the Raptors the last two years. He's the coach in Utah now. But he is always like out of the play. Like he's always like slapping someone in the head or like shoving them out of bounds. Like just watch him around the ball. He's always doing something annoying. And I feel like Patrick Beverly does that oh, so on a daily basis. Yeah. Exactly. So 
calling people names. Oh, that like, sounds perfect. Yeah, he would be a perfect nine. Okay, oh, and I love that. some of the forwards that I had, I mean, we can just say LeBron. LeBron would be the best at any sport. He tried <laughs> his best at like you just have to put it on there. So I put it on there because, yep. uh, yeah, I feel like PJ Sorry. Tucker would be sneaky good at rugby oh, too. A great pick, Colton. Yes, that's a great pick. Throw, yeah, th- PJ Tucker, a center in a small forward's body. Yeah, um, just a, a true dog, not afraid of anything. Exactly, strong as hell. Yeah, yeah, he would love it. He would yes, love it. and I, I love Betty. He's Wirth. also kind of in. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I bet he wears some sweet uh, cleats as well. But go for it. That's true. He's also kind of in rugby shape. Like yes. I found rugby shape is less cut and more like I pick things up and put them down. Yeah. You know? Like I look yeah. strong. Yeah. You need some. PJ kind of. Yeah, like he has no abs, but he also is like I would not fight that dude. Ever, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um. So I'd be interested to get your get your thoughts on some forwards because then again I just kind of got lazy with this and I put Shaq, especially like young Shaq before he got like kind of fat. Like we're talking like Orlando Magic Shaq, the Shaq that yeah. got recruited to play quarterback at LSU. Like he would be sweet at rugby. I mean, if you're just asking him to find the ball and die for contact, yeah. move it forward. You know, yeah. That's, I mean. You're probably not going to do much better, really. <laughs> exactly. Than Shaquille O'Neal. I think Zion. What about Giannis? Giannis? I would be interested. I think Giannis could for sure play walk. Like, if if there was guys that could lift him up in the in the lineout lines, like he would be undefeated in um, in lineouts. Your your team would never lose a lineout because he's got extremely Shaq. long arms. Yeah. Um, I I made this list when Harrison sent this question in. So Zion hadn't played in the NBA yet, but. I think he'd be he'd be awesome as well. I feel like I mean, he any might guy be the best American player ever. Yes, like if he dedicated his life exactly. Drug. Any yeah. guy that can, I was really like any guy that can jump, like just that explosive in your leg. Like if you just pictured yourself that body launching horizontally and setting straight up in right. the air, like into another right. person. I was trying to think of people like that. Dude, and Zion's perfect for that because. I mean, his vertical is breathtaking, but mm-hmm. I am almost more stunned by, like, the force with which he leaves the ground. Like, it yeah. almost seems like he explodes horizontally, as you were saying, like, with as much strength and speed as he does vertically. Uh-huh. And, um, I, yeah, I don't – like, he would be almost impossible to tackle, and he would be way too fast for his size. It would make no sense to watch him yeah. running, breaking down the side. For sure. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that would be a good one. Is there any nuggets yeah, that list. come off the top of your off your head that you would like to yeah, see I mean, play? Jokic is slow, but um, <laughs> we talked about having some finesse in terms of like yeah. ridiculous catches, kicking, passing. There's nothing involving a ball and hand-eye coordination he can't do. I'm yeah. positive of that. Certainly. And also another guy who is sneaky, ready for the smoke. Two, two big big crazy brothers in sambor that he grew up with yes. one of them fights mma now yeah um, another guy who has probably had his ass kicked by his brothers man. <laughs> yes i like it which is apparently my criteria for being yeah, good you, at rugby. you need to get your ass kicked by your brothers yes that's a that's for sure in there all right i like it i'm, I'm happy with that list i think um i saw flow rugby yesterday put it together i can probably look that up right now what do you say we do that Let's see Good. what they I said. Like I don't know if I have that. Similar list? Uh, yeah, it's a similar list. It was like an NBA first 15. Let's see what, what comes up when we search this in there. 
And so I interviewed, uh, you know who Nate Ebner is? You're a Giants fan, aren't you, Brendan? I am. Yeah, Nate Ebner just just signed to the Giants, uh, I think, in this this free agent period. He played special teams for the Pats. He actually played um, in the in the last Olympics. He played seven because he's been a big rugby guy his whole life. I asked him this question with football players, and he like it like disgusted him. He was like, "I would not pick football players. I'd pick rugby players." Like all this stuff. So okay, here here's their list. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. All right, number. So at, at prop we got Shaq. At hooker we yeah, got Charles. We got Charles Barkley. Oh, dude, we Chuck's a great pick. I should have <laughs> thought of him. And we got on the other prop we got Glenn Big Baby Davis, which is another good one. <laughs> That's uh, a deep cut. Yes, That's deep. I like that. <laughs> okay, uh, at lock we got Carl Malone. And the picture they put yeah. in here, he's looking ripped up. Yeah, dude, he is. The male Carl man. Malone was like, like LeBron's body before LeBron, bigger yeah. even, just a just a total stud. All right, at the other lock we got Hakeem. Can see yeah, that. that works. All right, flanker we got Zion. That, uh, okay, blindside flanker we have Dennis Rodman. That's a good one too. <sighs> very That's very great. timely after this last episode of Last Dance. You would probably love rugby too, man. Yeah, I bet he would learn to love that game. It's cause, especially because like, his his job in the basketball court was literally like do all the dirty work. So I feel like he's a I guy know. that would be like, okay, get in every single ruck, make every tackle. Yep. You know, like yep. he, he's the guy that would search for work like that, the hard stuff to do. Does rugby have um, – I mean Rodman's kind of a very – like he's a unique example. But are there personalities in that way? Like are there kind of like, you know, beloved um, wackos? I say oh, that term yeah. with endearment. Certainly overseas. I know the guy that's kind of been, I think his name is Joe Marler. He's been like making these, like I just see quotes from him every every other day where I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? But it's kind of, it's not necessarily to the point here, um, but I, it's going to get there for sure. Um, all right. So we've got, we got LeBron playing eight man, which I think is probably the appropriate place for him. Got Chris Paul at scrum half, which is again what I'm talking about. Like scrum half's guys that literally just annoy people. Chris Paul's in that for sure. Like he's always pestering people. I actually think we, I think we have them beat with Pat Bev there though. Yeah, I think so too. Probably better. Here, here's what they say for scrum half. Scrum halves typically have the qualities of being smart, creative, shifty, and pesty. So. Yeah, those are uh, those are all the words I would use for Chris Paul. Yes. Those are all the words for sure. Pesky <laughs> is a, maybe a light version of the word some people would use. Yes. All right, at fly half, we have Steve Nash, and I think this is a great pick because really at fly half, you just have to distribute. You have to be able to kick and pass, and like they say in this, he's got a background in soccer. I think he'd be perfect for that. Does it? Does the fly half still have to worry, though, about like if Steve Nash gets really, really stuck once on a pitch, uh-huh. like I think is he getting back up? I don't know. I think maybe with him, he would be a guy that they would just discuss earlier in the week, be like, yo, anytime you get the ball, you're either kicking it or you're passing it immediately. Right. And do not hang on to this yeah. ball longer than one second. So they might right. try to make it in that. And if he gets knocked out, he's got a reserve. He doesn't have to play the whole game. <laughs> so, okay. All right. At wing, we have Westbrook. Uh, outside, <clears throat> inside center, we have Magic Johnson, which would be good. Mm, that's a good one. Andre Iguodala at outside center. Okay. We got Allen Iverson at the other wing, which I like that one too. Wow. 
Michael Jordan at fullback. I really like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> I wonder how Jordan's athleticism would translate. Because so much, I mean, his footwork was incredible. But uh-huh. He's so fast on the ground with the ball in his hands. But of course, like, one of the biggest parts of his game we all remember and talk about is that gracefulness in the air. Yeah. Which is a very limited aspect of rugby Certainly. in the air. So, so I wonder if he's mitigated at all. I would argue, like based on this list, that so we have we have Westbrook at the wing, we have AI at the other wing, and then we have Michael Jordan. So that's your back three. Those are usually the guys that that finish off the runs. Like the plays are designed for them to get the ball last. So that makes sense. But there are scenarios when the back three needs to work together, and like none of those guys are going to pass the ball to the other guy. I don't think. Mm. <laughs> so probably th- not. That was a, a little bit more in depth of a of a, bro, a basketball rugby conversation that I was anticipating having, but I think that went very well. He would really need Jordan would really need Phil Jackson. Like Phil Jackson had to teach him to pass the ball in basketball. Yeah. Like Michael, you cannot do this in rugby on your own. Please pass the ball. I think we could. Uh, he'd be tough enough though, for sure. Especially again dating back to this last dance episode, like how how much he get just got nailed by the pistons like he could take some hits i think yeah probably yeah i can't that's what dude that's (laughs) what i think when i watch like the game looks fun but i'm like okay here's a question for you okay what is what's sort of harder to deal with prepare for mentally get in the headspace for getting absolutely railroaded or trying to tackle an open field full speed runner because that the second one is what scares me yeah i think the getting the the getting hit part isn't because i feel like when you get hit you you don't really know what's coming like when you get hit that hard so it's just kind of like you get hit and it's over um but tackling that's when i would always get hurt it's that's i feel like yeah that's not the fun part that's when you gotta like jump in the legs and no thank you if Luke White was running at me, my instinct would be to run away. Exactly. Not towards him. <laughs> not try yeah, to chop his legs sick. down. Exactly. So, all right, Brendan, the, the last question I had on my list was, um, is there anything that you think basketball and the NBA could, could take away from rugby or maybe vice versa? Is there anything rugby could take away from NBA, the NBA and basketball? Is, is there something uh-huh. like that? I know, I know uh-huh. the, a lot of people have been talking about the referees. Um, they like that the referees are always mic'd up, and there's really yeah, no yeah, speculation as to why something happened because you hear every, you hear the justification immediately, and then it's up to you to decide whether or not that was the right decision or the wrong decision. Yeah, I think with the NBA, the refereeing is probably the easy call. It's one of the biggest kind of issues fans have with the league right now, and like player ref relations are really poor. Like uh-huh. they're just screaming at each other and it's a, when are they going to get the tech game? You know? Yeah. So this concept of like, Hey man, like I, I think I, I think I saw that there. I'm not going to call it, but like future reference, I have to, if you're hanging out over here or whatever. Yeah. I, that, that would just go a long way. Especially think of a guy like Jokic, if he was having con actual conversations with referees throughout the game, is he less prone to just freak out at one halfway through? Right. Um, I think the answer is yes. I think every sport could really learn from rugby there. Yeah. Um, more mics on the field, which is like, you know, a player power thing. But I just love kind of, even if it's just background noise, I just kind of love hearing anything I can from down there. You know? Yeah. And then to kind of go back to that, I was, I was watching the, 
the last one we did for DMVR watches, which was the most recent Toronto uh, match. It was the last one that the Raptors played this season, actually. But just even, like, you can pick up some of the conversations. And I heard Luke White saying he was talking trash to somebody, and he was like something along the lines of, oh, I have a pair of your, your boots back at my apartment. I think I'm going to sell them on eBay for seven bucks or something and they're just like what are you talking about like i wish i could hear just a little bit more of that so i could understand right right this context a bit. exactly what's going on yeah i mean apparently the trash talk in in the nba is legendary but we just um i mean they can't and they won't but like floor mics would be a dream come true yes i agree and then the, conversely this is almost more of a question man because i'm just so naive and ignorant really to to not just like rugby but it's cultural footprint even uh-huh I, the one thing I think the NBA does well, it's almost become to a detriment now, but they market their stars. Like they're more than any other league, they have successfully uh-huh. sold an individual to the audience. Mm-hmm. And rugby is such a team sport, but one of the easiest ways to sort of draw casuals in, right, for lack of a better term, yeah. is that like, hey, you got to come see this dude. Uh, right. so did th- how did the MLR do in that regard in, in your perspective? I don't think I think this year is, uh, was probably the best that they've done, but it, it is like it, it is a different thing because when we talk about rugby, you have to think of like you have to think of it in two areas. You have to think of it as rugby in America, and then you have to think like rugby worldwide. And I think worldwide, right. they right. they're good at that. Like I know I can tell you like about the the Barrett brothers like on New Zealand or something like right. that, and it's right. because right. like we know they're good. Like I can tell you about Sonny Bill Williams, and it's because they put them in front of people and. And that's been kind of hard in, in American rugby just because, like, some of these grassroots guys, like, they just don't – like, people just don't know who they are. Like, you wouldn't know who Luke White was until you watched the Raptors play. And then, of course. Then, like, it starts to, to have some, some teeth that grab people in and stuff like that. And I think right, um, right. because, like, there are some bigger names starting to, to come over to MLR, like we – like, the Raptors had Rene Ranger this year uh, – Matthew Basta Road, he came over to play for Rooney. Rooney also has a guy named Ben Foden who was like, like he said that he, the reason he came over to play in MLR is because like he didn't like walking down the street and people being in England and people being like, oh, you're Ben Foden. He was married to um, some pop star like in, in England too. So right. it's like, okay. so like they're, they're doing better about that. And, and these guys coming over and, and playing with with some of these local guys, and and then they kind of grow the the legend of of American rugby. Because I know even almost an almost interview like the MLS, right? Like seriously, five, yeah. Six years ago, yeah. yeah. And the old commissioner of the MLR, I think ha- he used to own Real Salt Lake or something. So he built the whole business model of MLR very similarly than than how he did to how MLS did it. So, um, but I gotcha. think even just in interviews like with Renee Ranger that I heard this year, he would say, oh, I really love playing with Mika Cruze. Like, he's going to be really good. And just even the people hearing that being like, okay, this is like a guy to watch out for, stuff like that. So I think it's just going to take time. But um, as as it grows and honestly what whatever happens with the Raptors and all that, um, it's just, it's just going to take time. And, and I guess we'll kind of see what happens. But you can kind of see the groundwork starting to be laid in that sense. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Well, all right, man. That's that's all the questions I had for you, Brennan. Did, did you get all of the ones you had for me out of the tank? 
you know, not all of them, but <laughs> we can always do this again. Dude. Yes, That's we can. I'm happy to come on and I, I want to watch. I'm getting there. Yeah. Like my questions are, I think I'm starting to understand it a little better. And yeah. every time I watch to the conversation we were just happen- having, every time I watch, I find a new player that I'm interested in. Right. So we'll, we'll keep at it, man. We'll do yeah. this again. I'm looking forward to it. We still got four games on my, my top 10 list. And then I've got some plans for uh, what to pivot to in the summer and in, into the fall. So we'll, We'll keep it. We'll keep it fresh, and and we'll get we'll get everybody that wants to get involved involved. That's uh that's my point. Awesome. So. Well, we've we've enjoyed having you on because, you know, I, I'm familiar with all these sports. Whether I've I've watched the Avalanche or the Broncos my whole life or whatever, um, but my favorite part about DNVR is everyone in their corner is super passionate about what they do, and, and through that, there's we can kind of find our own vicarious relationship to these games and these sports. Um, without you, I can guarantee you, uh, it doesn't happen with rugby. So thanks, man. Yes, it's no, so fun. I appreciate it. I'm I'm so happy to be aboard. You guys have been nothing but but nice to me, and I love uh, love talking to all you guys. I love interacting with all you guys, and hopefully, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again here soon. So soon, man. Soon enough. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you, Brendan. Anytime, brother. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brendan Vote of DNVR Nuggets. I really appreciate his time coming on, chatting with me for a little bit. Um, the DMVR crew is very busy, so I appreciate him taking some time out of his day um, to come have a conversation with me. So, yeah, with that, I guess um, I wanted to inform you all on kind of what's going on in terms of content. So I'll just keep chipping away at my top 10 Raptors matches. We should be on number four now, so we're getting kind of close to the end. Um, that obviously means we'll have four more DMV wa- DMVR watches of Classic Raptors matches. So make sure you're following along for all that. It's been fun chatting with some people that might not have been familiar with rugby before on Twitter. So if you if you haven't ever watched a game and you're looking to learn, you might, might as well try something new. There's nothing else going on. Uh, I invite you to join us. Keep your eyes locked on the channel. The next match we'll be watching will be on Sunday at noon. Um, so we'll, we'll put out the instructions for all that on Saturday and Sunday evening, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. So make sure you, you're checking in with that. Uh, it'll be a good time. So I think, too, we're going to try to have some more DMVR people come on, just kind of talk, kind of like we do with this Brendan's interview. I'm um, just going to talk about what they've thought of rugby so far. So uh, I'll keep you posted with all that. And then once we get through that, I'll obviously we'll fill you in on um, what the plan is for the rest of the summer in terms of content and what we'll be pivoting our attention to um, in the meantime. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe in this, uh, this quarantine, this pandemic. Um, take it seriously. Don't, don't give up now. We've done all this hard work, staying locked up uh, in the house. So make sure you're taking it seriously. Keep up the good work, and, and sooner or later we'll be able to go outside and enjoy life uh, a little bit again. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you had a good day. Um, and I'll catch you next week.